Hi again, everyone, for another great episode of Green Nickel 101, your source for eco-friendly EV nickel discussions. My name is Leo, and with me is my co-host, John. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Hey, John, guess what? What, Leo? Today's episode, we're going to focus on solid state. Great news happening um, sooner than we all expected. But before we get there, let's quickly recap our previous episode, smart charging, smart and wireless charging. I thought it was an excellent episode. And given that you're our tech guru, I really thought you shined in the last episode. You really enlightened us with the aspects of smart charging and wireless untethered charging and uh, really gave our audience a great perspective on where this industry is headed. Yeah. And you know what? For me, it was more like as a consumer, what are the things I would look for? And here, you know, we're in a society where we're plugging in our phones, we're plugging in our computers, our laptops for power and all that kind of stuff. I'm not as excited about plugging in my car. And uh, I know there's a lot of range anxiety out there. And, you know, how far can my car go before I have to plug it in again? So the idea of doing some wireless charging or charging your car in different methods or platforms without having to be tethered, I thought was pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I looked at it more as a consumer, I guess, than yeah. than anything else. Well, what stood out for me, uh, the two aspects of our previous podcast that stood out. Number one, when we were talking about smart charging, what stood out in my mind was flattening the demand curve based on when you're charging. Mm -hmm. And then from the, the obviously, the untethered aspect of the wireless uh aspect was what I found quite interesting. Yeah. And you know what? There's some great um, concepts around battery swapping. I'd love to see some ideas come forth over the next uh, little while about being able to, you know, drive in somewhere and swap your battery out mm. as opposed to sit there and wait till it gets charged. Well, something tells me this is just the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the out. iceberg and uh, a lot of good things coming up. But you know what? Let's move on to our this week's discussion, solid state batteries. Mm -hmm. uh, solid state battery targets have been moved up. Um, there have been some great players uh, in the uh, solid state space that uh, have been targeting, um, you know, solid state batteries. We've talked about solid state in the past. Well, let's do a little recap before we mm -hmm. jump into solid state. Mm -hmm. well, why are we talking about solid state right now? So in the past, we did touch on. Now, that was an episode we were talking about, I believe, um, LFP versus NMX Well, we talked comparisons. about, we talked about uh, iron phosphate versus nickel-based batteries. We also talked about uh, the nickel safety of batteries versus, yeah. and, and, and that so sort of thing. Let, let's let's recap that a little bit. So let's look at the lithium ion battery. Way back to episode, sorry, season one, episode two, where we talked, we took apart the battery. Mm -hmm. Quickly, mm -hmm. we have the anode, we have the cathode, positive right. and negative electrodes. We have a liquid electrolyte in the lithium ion format. Mm -hmm. Okay, which allows the lithium ions to freely flow back and forth through a separator. A membrane of a some membrane, sort. A membrane, yeah. And what happens in this charging and discharging cycle is you you can have these, uh, they call them dendrites. Not, we taught, we compare them to stalactites or stalagmites mm -hmm. in a cave, mm -hmm. which could pierce through the membrane, the membrane. and cause a short uh, in the battery. So if uh, the industry uh, develops a scalable technology in the solid state format. Which so getting rid of the electrolyte liquid, let's say, and more and of a solid. replacing it with a solid polymer that mm -hmm. would eliminate some of these uh, these these issues that the market is. Yeah, and there's some efficiency up uh, upticks as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
by going to solid state. So it's going to answer um, quite a few, some of the challenges that the, our current lithium-ion batteries have around safety and performance. They're going to only be improved moving to a solid state format. So the, the, the two keys to the battery revolution, two phrases, energy density and safety, mm-hmm. energy density and safety. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there certainly is some amount of politics going on mm-hmm. when you have your nickel uh, based battery technology, which is a higher energy density format versus your lower range format being iron phosphate. You know, they're claiming that their batteries are safer and you know whether that is is or isn't the case. It's it's a it's a minuscule fraction of a percentage of the differential between the two. But it's a marketing point. Okay, mm-hmm. the reality is that that you know I guess if you perceive this liquid electrolyte heating up and uh, potentially causing thermal runaway, the possibility or the probability in a higher energy density environment mm-hmm. could be greater than in a lower density environment like the. Iron phosphate. Gotcha. So solid state is where it's at. It looks like uh, SK Innovation Company, they were originally planning to have a solid state production battery out by 2027, 2028. They've just announced that they're going to do it a couple of years ahead of schedule, ahead of their rivals. Well, you know, there's no question that the industry is moving towards what we coined the phrase in the previous episode, the holy grail of battery technology, Mm -hmm. being the solid state format, which has tremendously higher energy density and is perceived to be a much safer uh, uh, format. But we're not quite there yet. And, Mm -hmm. And certainly the industry isn't giving up on the lithium ion liquid electrolyte technology. I think that's going to be around for a while. Sure. And here's one thing I wanted to add to my previous points I was making about the two batteries. Mm -hmm. You have a thousand battery cells in your car, let's say, okay? Mm -hmm. The technology, the backup technology that monitors all of these batteries, the whole idea is if one battery goes rogue, short, goes rogue, (laughs) I love it, great word goes rogue, the technology instantly shuts it down. Right. We're going to do a little rewind here again. So you remember the Matrix movie, right? Yeah. This is a little bit of a crude, like how was the future robotic world sourcing their energy through these, these little, they look like uh, uh, um, light tubes or uh, uh, of people in them. Right. And every time one went sour, this little robot would come and unplug it and throw it down the waste tube. Yeah. And get recycled back up into the system. Yeah. Quite a crude concept, but really gory, but yeah, yeah, it's the same concept with these batteries. You have a thousand Mm -hmm. cells in your car. One goes rogue, one shorts out, it shoot it, it down, shut the, down. Shoot, and it goes into a recycle uh, yeah, kind of so, process. I mean, the technology that's backing up the battery technology is uh-huh. where your safety valve is. So, well, no. That, yeah, no, listen, you know what? This is really good news. Um, so, th- just so everybody knows, SK Innovation Company is a battery research company, South Korean company. And um, they also released uh, recently a jump in sales in the last quarter. Battery sales rose 68% from a year earlier to uh, 817 billion uh, won, which is about, you know, 700 million U.S. dollars. And it forecasts sales to climb above 3 trillion next year and 6 trillion won in 2022. So you do the math there. It's certainly in an upward trajectory, you know. Well, what I find. By the way, it aims to turn a profit next year. 
which is very significant. Right. Any new technology that you, you strive for that that uh, positive profit mm-hmm. scenario, but it usually takes a while to get there. Yeah. And what, one so, thing, sorry, one thing I wanted to add, uh, John, um, is they're teaming up with the U.S. Uh, base company called Solid Power, and they make the batteries. So I, I think you know SK Innovation has the uh, patents and uh, the know-how and all that sort of thing, and Solid Power they're teaming up so that they can make it a reality. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what's interesting is there's a tremendous amount of mergers and acquisitions in this developing technology. You have the big fish eating the little fish. And, you know, there's no doubt that given that solid state is the future of the lithium ion platform, mm-hmm. you know, you have the big players, where it's the, whether it's the big battery companies, the big car companies, they all want to position themselves in the new technology, which will probably be mainstream production, let's say, in the next Certainly, the next five to ten years. So, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're make, they're placing their bets today. You know, QuantumScape. Whether it's uh, you know, there's many different uh, solid state technologies out there that mm-hmm. are merging with larger companies to help enhance and develop. Yeah, there's a lot of movement happening in the space. Yeah. Uh, there are rivals. There's deals being made. Partnerships. Um, you know, uh, just to give you guys little bits and snippets of uh, this article. This article is a BNN Bloomberg article. You're going to have links to it in our in our uh, comments and uh, bio there. It uh, it's basically uh, saying here that there's potentially potentially a slash in EV charging times to about 10 minutes using this new solid state technology from as much as several hours. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to plug in a solid state battery once it's developed and out there and it's got to get refined. And of course, there's systems that have to work well with it, circuit boards and software and whatnot. But once they get all the kinks out and they're a couple of years, maybe three three years away, apparently SK from developing such a battery, you're going to have some really fast charge times. And this kind of plays along with our, you know, range anxiety that we talked about, we keep talking about, which uh, is one of the kind of, um, I guess, setbacks of EV, full EV adoption in the in the common marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. So this is exciting news. And it's funny that you say that because I did leave that out. The, the third aspect of the, call it the trilogy of battery so, technology. So, yeah, density, safety, Charge times. Charge times, yeah. yeah. And, so, and, all, all, and actually, all, solid state has all three. Yeah, so. and also, the you know, that's the, the, the trinity, I guess. But ultimately, you're bringing down the cost of the kilowatt hour as you bring things to economies of scale, scaling things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they plan to use a nickel, did you hear that? Nickel, cobalt, manganese, cathode, and anode based on silicon or graphite for its solid state batteries by 20 25. There you have it, folks. There's it's your nickel again. Black and white. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they also seek. Sorry, John. Well, I'm Go just ahead. That's why we're calling this Green Nickel 101, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why we kind of focus on nickel, isn't there? Yeah. And we're, you know, the solid state. The, the other thing I, I think is interesting here is, you know, every new technology, you again, you get there in steps. And I have read some articles that, that the transition from a liquid electrolyte, which is prevalent in the are uh, the uh, lithium-ion batteries today mm-hmm. to the ultimate holy grail of the solid state. There mm-hmm. is a, a transitionary step where they're looking at a semi-solid polymer. Mm-hmm. Like a ex- gel? Yes. Kind of it, it would, it, what they're doing is they're loading the liquid electrolyte with mineral salts mm-hmm. that would, would uh, reduce any amount of temperature and thermal runaway, but still allow this conductivity of the ions to freely flow through the membrane. Mm-hmm. So that would be your intermediary step. Right? Yeah. 
So. And I'm reading a little bit further as you're talking here, John. It, it seems to be like this is this is not just a one-party show. This is a party <laughs> that's developing here. LG Energy Solution, world's second-largest lithium-ion battery maker, said it aims to commercialize commercialize uh, solid-state batteries between 2027 and 2030. Commercializing meaning like for production use, right? Mm-hmm. Not testing or researching and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another Korean player, Samsung, is forecast to start mass producing batteries in 2027. So um, it seems like the SK Innovation has one leg up on its rivals with a couple of years, you know, advance uh, starting uh, with its commercialization, hopefully in 2025. Well, but uh, the big had... picture is good for EV and EV adoption. And solid state. So this yeah. interesting little quote in there from LG. We have never caused fires with our batteries, and we have the world's best technology for nickel, high nickel batteries. High so, nickel batteries. So. That sounds like uh, nickel sulfides to me, class one uh, category. So high nickel batteries, a high nickel um, cathode, I guess, uh, component to their battery structure. Um, well, that's all great news. Um, just to roll back into uh, another article here, cl- uh, Global uh, car makers are not now targeting half a trillion dollars for EVs and batteries. This for is battery. the new; they've just upped their kind of budget forecast. Now, yeah, where previous, was this? Where was this before, John? The previous number I think was three hundred billion, and because of the magnitude of the adoption of the uh, the battery storage platform, and we've got to remember here, folks, we're not just talking about EVs; we're talking about power walls in your home. We're talking about stationary storage. We're talking about the whole battery storage revolution. Okay. Uh, now, in this case, this article is talking about automakers. Fine. So, and that's it, only between now and twenty thirty. Yeah. 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 So it's a it's a just it's not a fr- it's not like a a forever number. It's like finite between now and twenty. Based on today's data, next eight years basically. Today's data, years. they've decided to bump their their expenditures from three hundred billion to half a half a trillion, five hundred billion. Well, they're certainly aiming to wean car buyers away from fossil fuels and meeting, you know, tough decarbonization targets that our governments and uh, our consumers are frankly demanding. Mm-hmm. You know, th- less than three years ago. That's right, three hundred billion. Just reading that uh, further down in the in the next uh, paragraph here, and just breaking down the, there's a great visual here uh, graph. Global automakers, okay, EV automakers and battery investments. They got they got a great um, graph here showing from the left you got Volkswagen, Daimler, Stellantis, Ford, GM, BMW, SAIC, and then you have Tesla. There's a whole slew of other automakers here, but going from left to right, these you are kind of like can the top see ten. Volkswagen is we have to say they're all in. They've pushed all their chips to yeah. the middle of the table because they're far and above. They're double number two. So yeah, so just to let the listeners know that can't see the visual here, guys, uh, uh, they're well over a hundred billion of that five hundred and fifteen half a trillion dollars. They're well into the hundred and twenty-ish yeah. billion mark. Volkswagen constitutes twenty percent of the spend worldwide that uh, car makers are anting up. Volkswagen is definitely stepping up here now. After that is Daimler at maybe a 45 to 50 billion. But look at Tesla, which is down the kind of scale here. They're they're only spending just 20, over 20 yeah. billion, 25 to 30 billion, even less, 22 billion. And they are the largest EV manufacturer right now that sells all of their cars that they make. 
Well, I think because they've already figured it out, Leo. Okay, they, you know, it's more to, efficient. They're, they're, they, yeah, they're, they're more efficient at the spend. Where I would say Volkswagen has has, has got a lot of work to do to rejig, realign. Of course. You know, the supply that, chain realignment and everything. We call that first mover advantage, I think. Yeah, interesting. Well, good for you. Anyway, you know what? This is a great segue to jump into our spotlight. Sounds good. This week's Spotlight has been brought to you by Tardison Nickel. Tardison is drilling its Kenbridge Nickel Sulfide project in Ontario to expand the resource and meet the needs of the rapidly growing EV battery market. Class 1 nickel is an essential component in battery production and a critical element in the North American supply chain. The Kenbridge Nickel deposit indicates there is significant potential to expand the mineral resource estimate with additional high-grade targets at the Kenbridge North site. Tardison Nickel, TN on the CSE. So our spotlight this week is on Tardison Nickels, uh, new analysis by Fundamental Research Corp. Uh, dated October 28th, 2021, and it's very recent to when we're recording this episode. Uh, they've upgraded the fair market value price of Tardison Nickel and given us a whole bunch of highlights here. Some really exciting stuff happening here at Tardison. Well, Fundamental Research is one of those companies that... Um, goes out there and, and uh, does some analysis on some up-and-coming companies. In this case, it's Tardisan Nickel. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate and rare, I guess, that, that organic retail buying in the market sometimes fails to capture the true present fair value of a company. It's just the nature of the way mm-hmm. markets trade, how you still have the downtick and uh, predatory short-selling mm-hmm. and all these things that are very difficult and damaging on especially in this case, mining companies. So they're giving a fair present day fair value to Tartazan Nickel of 77 cents. Right. And current price is about 45 to 47. At the time of this analysis, it was 44. Uh, I know today's is 47. Yeah. Uh, So they're they're giving us a fair market value of 77 cents based on present and current um, knowns, right? Uh, Take us through some of these highlights here real quickly, uh, John. Well, uh, Tartisan shares are up 83% since uh, fundamental research initially started coverage on the company in October of 2020. About a year ago? Yeah, so that's significant. Obviously, there's a huge drill program going on. Mm-hmm. 10, We've 000, talked about that, yeah. 10,000 meter drill program, of which 9,000 meters has been completed. There has been a couple of press releases out. I believe it was somewhere on October 7th and October 13th where they mm-hmm. released, uh, you know. I, Some I results, yeah, yeah. Whole 201, 202, 203, whatever it was. Yeah, on the uh, main Kenbridge deposit, right? Yeah, they they released some robust uh, uh, returns, uh, 25 meters of 1%, uh, even some better grades, uh, shorter uh, of 3% and even 4%. So, uh, more data is coming out. Um, and relatively speaking, John, for our listeners, uh, what do these numbers mean? I know we're not geologists, or, but I mean, 1% and copper here, I'm seeing at, you know, 0.41% over 25, over 25 meters in one zone. Um, these are substantial numbers. These are really good numbers. Yeah, if you compare them to some of the other uh, releases from junior uh, mining companies, battery metals companies out there, I think. These bode well for for Tartizan. So we could expect what a robust, you know, uh, prelim, preliminary assessment 
yeah, the economic PEA, assessment. Uh, by the PEA, I think they're putting the final touches on. Uh, it appears that from what I understand, it's coming out in the before the end of the year, mm-hmm. and that'll provide some uh, economic data on how this project could be moved into production. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that I find really interesting about this company is they have a strong balance sheet. Uh, you know, as of June of 2021, I think there was about 19 million in working capital, cash and marketable securities on the balance sheet. And what's great about that number is it it, it is at a very non-dilutive mm-hmm. aspect to the balance sheet. If this company has to raise a bit of money for uh, whatever they have to raise. Like a feasibility study or yeah, yeah, yeah. more or, drilling or whatever. Yeah, they, they can rely on some of the uh, equity that exists mm-hmm. on their balance sheet as opposed to issuing uh, shares and diluting the share base. Yeah, and you know what? Just reading here, Fundamental Research Corp is uh, also states here that they believe the project has room for resource expansion, which basically means these numbers coming out should... Uh, you know, show favorably well for the resources that are, you know, on on its books here mm-hmm. and expanding from those, right? And especially with higher grade, you know, they don't know what, but they're calling it mineralization at depth. We're going to have to wait for more PR releases and more results in the next several weeks. Mm-hmm. And then what's interesting as well, they are testing uh, what they're calling the Kenbridge North Target. Oh, I know all about Kenbridge North. I've oh. been watching this like <laughs> quite closely. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, John. Well, it's, you know what? I think you're in love with Kenbridge North and what the uh, prospects are there. Because it's not there, part so. of the, It's correct me if I'm wrong, it's not part of the existing resource um, that's been. Well, the existing resource is what defines Tartazan to date. Right. But if they actually find something at the north target that would constitute it would constitute a new discovery and that's very significant and when you have a new discovery that's two kilometers away from the existing discovery you start scratching your head and you're thinking hmm i wonder what's in the middle yeah exactly you know is it connected i don't know i mean i'm not i've seen i've seen some of these magnetic geophysics surveys from the north and we're talking it's only a couple of two three kilometers away Mm -hmm. From the main Kenbridge uh, deposit, right? Correct. Uh, but I've seen some photos and color, you know, the 3D color kind of magnetic, uh, yeah, you know, electromag- surveys showing up, uh, electromagnetic surveys. Yeah, and that's what that's what, they look very attractive, John. That's the information that they use to define the drill targets. So now, obviously, they're drilling these targets, and once those targets are drilled, they'll do some additional geophysics, which is called borehole geophysics, where they'll drop. Uh, sensors down these these uh, drill holes to say, well, you know, did we hit? Or did, how mu- if we missed, how much did we miss by it? We got to go 10 meters to the east, 10 meters mm. to the west, north, south. And that's uh, part of the whole process of defining the, the, the if in fact there's a new resource there mm-hmm. or a new discovery, that's how they're going to define it moving forward. You know, we can't finish off on the spotlight until we quickly, quickly reflect on nickel prices uh, up 26% year over year. Almost nine dollars uh, U.S. a pound. Um, we talked about where some have speculated nickel to hit the ten dollar holy grail kind of like ten dollars and higher. Mark, right? We always felt that ten dollars would be the incentive incentivizing nickel price to really start bringing a lot more money into the sector mm-hmm. to help find and promote new discoveries. Again, uh, the Fundamental Research Group in highlight here saying we believe. Not we, me and you, John, but Fundamental Research Group believes inflation, supply chain disruptions and slow rate hikes will provide near term support 
to these base metal prices. So I think we're all in agreement that we should start seeing prices going north of the uh, current. Yeah, I think that applies to the whole battery supply chain. I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, blue skies, as they say, in the uh, battery metals uh, mining sector moving forward. So you know what? I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to this uh, PEA, Preliminary Economic Assessment Study. It's expected to be released before the year end. We're looking forward to it. Well, with all that being said, John, guess what? We've reached the end of the show. So everybody, thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next week. Don't miss it. Let us know what's on your mind. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and on YouTube. Our handle is at GreenNickel101. You know, we'll answer any questions in our next episode and be sure to leave comments and opinions. And remember, we upload new episodes every single Monday. And until next time, think nickel and and have have a green green day. day. See you guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Tardis and Nickel, traded on the Canadian Stock Exchange, symbol TN, or over-the-counter, symbol TTSRF. 